Well, praise the Lord. You know, I was praying. And uh, <laughs> Ty texted me earlier, what are the scriptures? And I told him, and I came in, I don't know what I'm preaching on yet. And I was, I, I, you know, glory to God. I had a couple subjects in mind, but something was stirring my heart. Last night, I was laying on the bed and thinking about what I should minister on. And I know it hasn't been too long since I talked about the Holy Spirit. But see, we are a Holy Spirit church. So usually on Friday, uh, Sunday nights, we're going to be speaking either on something that has to do with faith or the Holy Spirit. And so I was thinking about, and I've been reading through, if, how many of you have been reading the Bible through this year? Well, you know, my Bible reading uh, schedule is going through the Old Testament, of course, and a little bit of the New Testament. So <clears throat> I'm, you know, finishing up Exodus and going into Leviticus, and those are exciting books, right? Oh, yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Just visualize, and, and I said, thank God I didn't live in that day. How intricate the building of the tabernacle had to be to house the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. And, and my thinking is, how did they get all that stuff? Well, we know that they, they brought it with them from Egypt. They spoiled the Egyptians, amen? God blessed them, but just think about all of the, the measurements and stuff. Some of you guys are into measurements and thinking about how, how large these curtains were. And all, every, everything had to be perfect. And how they did that without any modern tools to put something together like that, to house the presence of God. And then Solomon's temple. And we want to build something great for the kingdom of God too here at Living Word. Amen? That can house the church. But there's another aspect, as I was thinking about this, that moved to the New Testament. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, we understand the church, the ecclesia, the governing force of the body of Christ on the earth. We meet in different locations. We make up the, the, the universal church. We're a living word. We have a mandate. We have a vision from God. But every one of us houses the presence of God. And that's why when we come together, Paul is, is very, you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about we all bring in uh, the supply of the Spirit. Every one of us. But you see, there's more power with two of us than there is with one. There's more power with a hundred of us than there is with two. It's just that way. Amen? Glory to God. In fact, the Lord said, if any two shall agree on, on the earth as touching any one thing, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Now, if there's more than two, then we have more than two. Think about what we can do if we understand the power of God that is at residence in us. Now, in the Old Covenant, the tabernacle, we understand that the Ark of the Covenant, beyond the veil, that the high priest were only, was only allowed to go in there once a year in, uh, in fear and trembling. He had bells attached to the bottom of his robe with a rope tied. So if he went in there unholy, they would have to drag him out. 
Wow, aren't you glad that, we under, that we're under grace? Amen. Amen. That the blood of Jesus, in fact, when Jesus died on the cross, when he said, it is finished, that veil that separated the regular person, amen, was ripped from the top to the bottom. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And now we house the presence of the Lord. We, uh, we, we house the third person of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That's powerful. We could only just get a revelation. I was listening to T.L. Osborne preach. I, we were just looking something up, and I went on YouTube and, and watched him in a couple services, and how, how powerful, how many miracles he had overseas. I mean, uh, just supernatural things of God happening uh, <clears throat> whole nations turning to God in his ministry because he understood. He talked a lot about the power of the Spirit. He brought up Charles Finney who walked in the, in the power of the Spirit and every one of us can walk in that same anointing. You house the third person of the Trinity on the inside of you. And as I was praying, uh, you know, I said, God, what, you know, what is the difference? You know, a lot of people ask questions about tongues, that, you know, that is really a controversial subject among Christians. There are those that even claim that tongues is of the devil. And uh, I've heard other things about, you know, that gibberish speaking in tongues. But I want to go through a couple verses tonight that will show you that as everything intricate was done in the tabernacle to house the presence of God and in Solomon's temple... And we are to build physical places to, as the congregation, we house the glory of God, amen, when we come together. But there's a part of you, you can edify, you can build up that temple by praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in tongues. Hallelujah. And I don't believe even those of you that have been baptized with the Holy Spirit pray in tongues enough. Amen. Maybe because you don't have an understanding how powerful it is. How it will build you up. And we just want to read a few scriptures. And uh, <clears throat> tonight. And so uh, if you guys back there uh, on, on can kind of follow through, we'll, we'll go through this. Amen. Start in the book of Acts. We can read uh, over in the... Uh, New Testament where Jesus, the book of John, talks about it was expedient for him to die, go to heaven, so that the Holy Spirit could come, amen, and fill us to the capacity that we needed to, to do the work of the ministry. When he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, he did not leave us powerless, amen, amen for that. He did not leave us powerless. Glory to God. So, in the word of God, Jesus said it's necessary that I go away, that the comforter, the paracletus, one could just like myself, will come to you. Now, that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, uh, you know, the one coming after me, speaking of Jesus, who he baptized in the Jordan River, he said the one coming after me is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hallelujah. Well, that, that tells me something. You know, 
I grew up in a Pentecostal church, Assembly of God church, and, and uh, I mean, it, it was wonderful. Grew up, Sunday school, church, every time the church doors was open, we were there, amen. And, but, but I could count on my fingers, okay, the, the extraordinary times when we had the, just the presence of God just saturate the place. It was usually uh, in a special revival meeting or, or something else like that. Uh, but we are entering into a time and a season, folks, where we are going to, to, to experience the glory of God, the fire of God, that's going to touch and transform people's lives. And I lived through the Jesus Revolution. I lived through that time, that period, the charismatic renewal. And, and there was churches, one church in San Jose, California. Uh, it was packed out on Sunday night. At that time, it was a large church. It housed about 1,400 people. But Sunday night, you know, Sunday morning was like our church, you know, just reaching, you know, altar calls. But Sunday night... Sunday nights, people would come out and line up outside the churches and the power of God would hit and people would be falling outside on the rose bushes. Can you imagine that? And, and, and these drug addicts would get delivered from drugs instantly. Amen. People were healed. The atmosphere was charged with the glory of God. And we're looking for that time now, but we can't not do it within our own strength and our own power. That's why when Jesus, the Holy Spirit, descended upon him when he had his baptism in the Jordan River, he went out in the wilderness and he returned in what they called the power of the Spirit. And when he returned in the power of the Spirit, there were things that began to happen. Amen. Miracles. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Powerful. Hallelujah. Powerful. And we look at it as something, well, this is a good story, whatever. But what God did then, he wants to do now through his church. Hallelujah. Amen. The things that he did, we can do also. Mark chapter 16, read it. I'm going to read it tonight. But, uh, you know, in my name, you'll cast out devils. How many of us cast out devils? Well, one of the things is that you'll speak in new tongues. He said that. Jesus said that. Tongues is not of the devil. In fact, the, the mandate that Jesus, before he's ascended into heaven now, he told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, hallelujah, he told them not to go into the ministry without, they needed something. The churches need something that don't teach on the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. They could be doing a good work, but they're lacking power. They're, they're lacking the fire of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And he said <clears throat> in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, but you shall receive power or dunamis after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. How many of you have had the Holy Spirit come upon you? Once he's come upon you, you know it. You know it. It isn't a mind thing. It isn't something you catch with your intellect. Oh, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to catch the Holy Spirit. No, he's going to catch you. <laughs> you may not have had any intention to be caught, but the Holy Spirit will catch you. Praise the Lord. How many of you have had that experience? So he said, folks, and, and actually he was talking to 120 
He said, don't go to the ministry. I know you've cast out devils. I know you've done this and that in my name. But don't do anything until you go to Jerusalem and wait there until you be filled or baptized, be a dude with power, say power, power. from on high. Dunamis, power. We need power in the church. Amen. Amen. Amen? There's a power shortage in the church of Jesus Christ. The world needs to look at the church and see that source of power, which is the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And you and I, in fact, Paul, the Apostle Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency is not of us, but it's the glory of God. It's the power of God that's on the inside of us. None of us deserve it. But we have invited him in. Hallelujah. So if, we inv if we've invited him in, we need to do what Jesus told us to do in the epistles. Let's go real quick to Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. We find out that they went to the upper room and they waited, they tarried for the Holy Spirit to come. And then in Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost had come, and there's a day, there's a day designated for you that you're going to have an encounter with God like you've never had before. Oh, praise God. And you might think you've already had an encounter, but you haven't had anything yet. You haven't seen anything yet. Well, you know, I'm just too dignified. Forget about that. You'll mess up your hairdo. <laughs> I preached a revival in my uncle's church before I went down and worked with him. And it was so funny, I think I've told this story before, but I preach the word, and, and, and I always expect God to back the word with signs following. Especially during a special meeting. We had a week meeting, and my cousin drove down, and she did the music and singing and stuff, and I did the preaching. But it was, <laughs> we had a prayer line, and we had this lady that come up, and I don't know what she came up for. But the power of God hit her and her wig came off. I mean, it just flew. Flying wig, glory to God. That was kind of embarrassing. The preacher knocked a woman's wig off. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? She was just so filled with the Holy Spirit. She had her legs crossed and she was just with no wig. Just praising God. She didn't care who was around. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're expecting to be dignified, we, we, we all have that little bit in us where, you know, I, I, just, I, I just don't know what I'm going to act like if the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me. You know, I, I just don't want to be embarrassed. See, a lot, a lot of that thinking will stop us from entering in to all that God has for us. Read about the old time revivals. Read about, this is why the Pentecostal people, the charismatic people that believe this way, and I believe it's the Bible way, were called holy rollers. Amen? 
The Quakers got their name by when the Holy Spirit would manifest, they would begin to quake mightily under the power and the presence of God. Hallelujah. See, God wants to demonstrate the Holy Spirit is really a character. He wants to show off in a mighty way. Glory to God. He wants you to experience. I mean, he blew in in that upper room very dramatic. That tells me the Holy Spirit likes some drama once in a while. Right? He didn't come in quietly like some churches. Right? We can't make a sound. First time I walked into a Catholic church, I don't know how many of you come from a Catholic church. But I remember the first time I walked into the Catholic church, it, it, it scared me. It was like nobody breathed. It was full of dead people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't know there's an awesome holiness and stuff like that that, that could take over a congregation. God moves in different ways. But the book of Acts, if we're a book of Acts church, on the day of Pentecost, verse 2 says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Read that out of some other translations. It's very dramatic. Glory to God. And then there appeared upon them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we believe that the initial sign of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now you can be born again. I want to clarify this. You can be born again. You cannot be born again without the Spirit of God. I'm talking about a different experience than just being born again. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And that is a transformation of your spirit. Your, your spirit man on the inside of you is actually born again. Hallelujah. But what Jesus, what, what the apostles is talking about here is a second experience after salvation because we're not going through the scripture, but later on, one group of people that Peter and John went to uh, said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? In other words, they were talking to believers, but they were saying, have you experienced the fire of God? Have you experienced and as they were preaching, they laid hands on them and they were baptized in the same manner as they were baptized here in Acts chapter 2. They begin to speak with other tongues. And all through, you can read all the way through, every time that people were baptized with the Holy Spirit, tongues followed. Hallelujah. Tongues follow. Now, then later on in the church, the Apostle Paul had to deal with some things. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm using my real Bible tonight. How many of you like your real Bibles? You got them all printed up and everything. Little thing is, it's hard for me to read some of the notes that I used to write. Because I used to write so tiny between the lines. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But um, 
in chapter 14, Paul talks about, in chapter 12, he, he talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and one of the gifts was tongues and interpretation, which are the gifts of utterance. And then he sets them order in the church in chapter 14, because apparently what everybody was doing, they were coming to church, and they were all speaking in tongues, and the preacher would get up and speak in tongues, and nobody could understand what was going on. So there is a difference between the gift of tongues, which is to be interpreted. How many of you have ever seen that happen? Okay. And praying in tongues, your initial evidence that you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. So tonight, I don't want to deal with tongues and interpretation. I want to deal with us building ourselves up. Amen? As the temple of the Holy Spirit by praying in other tongues. Hallelujah. So in chapter 14, he begins to deal with this. In verse 2, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Now, do you want to speak to God? Powerful, isn't it? We speak in unknown tongue. We don't speak to men, but we speak to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, we speak mysteries. Oh, hallelujah. Do you realize how far we could go if we spend more time praying in other tongues? We're speaking not to men, but to God. Well, that's just gibberish. No, it's a real thing that happens. You are praying. The Holy Spirit in you is praying the perfect mind of God, and we'll read that in a moment. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. All right. In verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies or builds up himself but he who prophesies edifies the church. Prophecy is spoken in the language of the people, who, whatever, if it's English or German or whatever it is. But see, tongues, it says, if you speak in tongues, you edify or build up yourself. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. So we see that. And then down in verse 13, it says, what is the conclusion then? See, Paul was setting order in the church says, I will pray in the spirit, and I will pray with my understanding. That means you are to pray both ways. With your understanding, bring requests before God. But see, there are a lot of things, we're going to read it in Romans chapter 8 in a little bit, verse 26, but there are a lot of things we don't know what to pray for. We actually don't know how to pray for certain situations. In fact, a lot of times our prayers are selfish prayers. Amen. They're not according to the will and the purpose of God. But it says there, I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray with my understanding also. I will sing in the Spirit or with the Spirit. How many of you have sang with the Spirit before? I was doing that on the way to church. I put an instrumental tape on, and I was going, Hallelujah, I was singing. I don't know what I was singing, but amen. Sound good. 
I plugged it into the car play, you know, and turned the stereo all the way up. Nighttime so nobody can see you. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I will uh, pray and I will sing in the spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Glory to God. And then verse 18 says, this is Paul bragging on himself. I thank God that I speak with tongues more than y'all. He was from Texas. I speak in tongues more than all of you. So come on, get with it. There's the right time to speak in tongues and the wrong time to speak in tongues. But hey, you, I speak in tongues more than y'all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Isn't Mark Hankins, is this the Holy Spirit is a genius? And if he's on the inside of you and you allow him to pray mysteries, glory to God. And then Oral Roberts taught us, a great man of God, he taught us that we can pray for the interpretation. You can be praying in another language, seeking wisdom in a particular area. That's how he built ORU in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He was praying in the spirit and he interpreted. He was walking on the property. God gave him the vision of, of, of everything. ORU, just praise God. See, we develop in these things. Many of us aren't there yet like we need to be. You know why? Because we're not praying more than y'all in the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Romans. Praise the Lord. Chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And I love this scripture. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Verse 26, it says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. And one translation says our inability to produce results. How many of you know sometimes we have, we can't produce the results that we want, okay? For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered with or articulated in your normal speech. And sometimes there is such a thing as groanings. It's so deep that you, you, you can't even speak in tongues. I mean, it's coming from mm, your spirit person. You move into that deep intercession like the, some of the old timers did. Powerful. How many of you have ever, ever experienced that? Well, you just, you know, you're in the spirit, and you just, nothing can come out. Hallelujah. Spirit to spirit. Hallelujah. It says in verse 27, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. <clears throat> And what has frustrated me was that people have taken verse 28 out of context. How many of you heard that? And we know that all things work together for good to those that are called according to his purpose. But you've got to connect verse 28 with verse 26 and 27. Amen. If you're praying in the Holy Ghost, all things worked out for good 
Because you're not praying your crazy will, but you're praying the will of the Father. Because the Holy Spirit seeks out the perfect will of God. We've talked about destiny. We've talked about our, the path that we should walk in, the course that we are to take. Well, the best way to stay on that course is praying, I don't want to say hours. We need to pray hours in other tongues. I want to talk about five minutes, but I mean just glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to ask you how, how, how much you pray in other tongues, but we need to be doing that. Amen? Hallelujah. In Jude, this is the last scripture tonight, in Jude verse 20, in the Amplified Bible, it says this, but you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up. Well, you know, I've been taught against the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, and, and I just don't, hey, <clears throat> I'm teaching you Bible tonight. Miracles have not been done away with. Some theologians say, well, when John passed on the Isle of Patmos, that, that was the end of the apostolic age. No, because God gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers. Ephesians chapter. Wow. It's still working. Amen. The church of Jesus Christ is still on the move. And if it was good <clears throat> for Paul and Silas, it's good enough for me. Amen. Amen? Praise the Lord. And we need to exercise our prayer language. And if you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you need to ask him. You know, <clears throat> Jesus said if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, he'll not give you anything else. He'll not give you a serpent. He'll not give you a stone. He'll give you exactly what you ask him for. But we got to get out of our head. Now, how many of you had a problem when you first heard this message and you came up for prayer or however you were baptized with the Holy Spirit? And is that me talking? Yeah, it's you talking. You got to use your vocal cords. You've got to open your mouth and say something. And a lot of people come up to be prayed for. And see, we follow the book of Acts. You know, they laid hands. The apostles laid hands on people, and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we lay hands on people, and they go, you know, expecting the Holy Spirit to speak through their vocal cords. See, as the Spirit gives utterance, as the Spirit does it, you've got to yield. And, and then there, there are some of those who... <laughs> we used to have altars and I'll tell you what I felt bad for some of the people that came up because we were taught in the early days that you had to tarry because that's what the book of Acts tells us to tarry for the first part we never didn't make it to Jerusalem to tarry but we you know people would come down the altar and they'd have a week revival two week revival They'd be there every night tarrying, waiting for the Holy Spirit. And then you'd have a bunch of, of, of older Christians down there rubbing their heads, shaking them. <laughs> 
you know, just, you know, doing all kinds of weird stuff to them. Until, you know, whether they just got tired or whatever, when they gave up, they finally got baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise God. But it's not a hard thing to do. You've just got to relax, yield yourself, open your mouth, and let those sounds come out. I don't care what that sounds like. Could it sound like gibberish to you? Diane Falco thought I was speaking Hebrew. That was so cute. <laughs> Brand new in the church. You weren't taught this in your old church, were you? No. Hallelujah. There are tongues of men and of angels. There are times when you could speak Chinese or, or another language. And I know myself that there are, uh, you develop after, after your initial, I mean, you might have two syllables. Shandai, 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 you know, something like that. I, you know, I'm just saying. But you start there. But as you pray and you, you come into the presence of the Lord, your vocabulary increases just like in the natural. Amen? A first grader don't know all the words that a high school student will probably know. But as you develop in your prayer language, you begin to move to different dialects and different you know, forcefulnesses in your prayer. I, I don't know how to explain it. it it's, it's weird sometimes. Just totally get off on something else. And the deeper you get in intercession, you, you could, it, it becomes a commanding thing. You know, just... It's like you're beating the devil up. I don't know what's going on. Amen? Praise the Lord. And there's this time you just worship in him in spirit. And then you sing in your English. And you get over. How many of you just want to flow like that? I'm going to ask you to stand tonight. Praise the Lord. Just, it's practicing the presence of the Lord. The Holy Spirit himself. <coughs> My pastor who I worked for in Arizona Growing up, I don't want to cough over my mind. He was in one of a revival meetings with one of the great revivalists back when he was a teenager. And he, he wanted to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But he had this intellectual blockage. Because it didn't make sense in the natural. <laughs> he was sitting right on the front row. And this evangelist came up to him. Now he'd asked to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And see, the working of the gifts of the Spirit does different things. If you read about some of these people, you know, Smith Wigglesworth used to hit people in the stomach and all kinds of stuff. You just, you know, moving in the anointing. You don't do that unless it's God. <laughs> but this evangelist walks up to my pastor, a young kid, this before he got to the ministry. Took him by the coat. Like it. Threw him on the floor. When he hit the floor, he began speaking in tongues. So I'm not going to do that to you tonight. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, sometimes you got to, you know, knock your intellect out of the way and do something else. 
When I was a, a youth pastor with my uncle, I had a, a young man that his wife got baptized all the way through. I mean, she was on fire like Pastor Judy and just whatever, amen? And uh, this young man, he had, had the hardest time. He'd come up to be baptized with the Holy Spirit time and time again. And finally, <clears throat> he, one night, Sunday night service, he had his hands up and he had his eyes closed. And I walked up to him really quiet. He didn't expect anything. And I don't know what I did, but I shouted right in his ear. And shocked him. And he started speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. So get out of the way. God, he wants you to get out of the way and let him do it. Glory to God.